Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I get to speak to actor extraordinaire Paul T. Taylor. Now, listeners, I've known Paul for about a minute. I acted with Paul in a production of The Alamo at Casa Manana in Fort Worth, Texas back in 2005, and I have followed his career ever since. Paul did not disappoint. We get into a long conversation about acting and specifically his role as Pinhead in Hellraiser... Ooh, I'm going to mess it up. Hellraiser Judgment. Yes, his role as Pinhead. Pinhead in Hellraiser Judgment, as well as the many, many other roles he's had. Um, I had a fantastic time talking with Paul, and I can't wait to have him back on the show. Um, So we will get to that conversation here in a minute. Before we do, I want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Paul T. Taylor is right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast with me at this time. It is a blast from my past. It is a fantastic actor, a wonderful performer, and I've had firsthand experience working with this man, Mr. Paul T. Taylor. Paul, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Joe. And with that introduction, I couldn't be anything but. Thank you. <laughs> it's I'm having a really good day. Well, good. And it's about to get even better because you're on the Detox Podcast. We're going to talk about acting. We're going to talk about you. Just 45, 50 minutes of Paul T. Taylor conversation. How could it get any better? Oh, Oh, it's my favorite subject. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The audience is in for a treat. Well, uh, for new listeners here at the podcast that you may not know, the Detox Podcast is a podcast where I invite the listeners to quote unquote detox from the world around them. Sit down, listen, 45, 50 minutes, get a window into how other people live their lives. And so I do like to ask right at the top of the show, I like to ask my guest, Paul, what are you currently, quote unquote, detoxing from? I'm currently detoxing from a busy October um, because I played Pinhead in a Hellraiser movie. I go to horror conventions and October was every single weekend flying to another place. And some of them were great visits to other parts of the country. And some of them were not quite as great. So, <laughs> but it's all a gift from the universe. I'm grateful for all of it, but man, it is work. It's a lot. So I have a regular part-time job. And then on the weekends, every weekend I would, you know, fly somewhere and, and act like a superstar. Yes. You know, sit behind a table and it's it's actually hard work, but it's so much fun and such a privilege that, you know, it's hard to complain about it. Sure. But that is what I'm detoxing from. Um, it's I'm looking forward to just now having my weekends free, like tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, both. I have absolutely nothing to do, but maybe go to Ikea. Other than that, nothing. And I just I love it so much. I'm going to putter around the house and put away. Halloween decorations. Yes. And, uh, 
do stuff like that. When you get the opportunity to be in such an iconic role, such as Pinhead in a Hellraiser movie, and then you get the opportunity to go fly out to different conventions and meet people that enjoy your work and want to talk about it and talk about probably the whole universe, I would say the whole sort of Hellraiser universe, that's so exciting. And and it's also exhausting because I think in some in some instances, you, you're trying to match people's energy and enthusiasm while also thanking them for their time. And so it is something where I can understand the it's great and it's also exhausting. And it's nice to have a bit of a break from the hustle and bustle of yeah. the, the holiday, as it were. Absolutely. And yeah, it is. It's it's as I said, it's a great privilege to get to do it. It's amazing that I even got to play Pinhead. And these people are extremely enthusiastic and they know the world of Hellraiser and Clyde Barker and some of the other stuff I've done in my life better than I do. And, but, and yet there are, there are a lot of questions that I get that I've heard a million times before (laughs) and with very simple, short answers, but you can't just go two hours that's the answer to the question um you know but you can't just go it has to be you know the makeup it took uh about two hours and and you can't just stop with two hours you have to you're giving these people an experience and some of them are very nervous about meeting you and it's it's crazy because i've been starstruck i can't believe anyone would be i still am just like People being starstruck over meeting me is so weird to me because I know me inside and I've always been a very sort of self-deprecating, like I'm just a person kind of person. Right. Um, but it's been, it's, it, it is, it's a job. It yeah. is work. But those people are there because they, like maybe they drove four hours just to see you. It's, right. it, it, and, and, and there are a lot of guests who leave early and I just, I frown upon it myself because I just think that is just, that's just bad. It's, it's yeah. just not cool. When pe- if someone is coming to a convention and they just got off work and they drove and drove and drove and drove just to meet one specific person and that person was not busy and was bored. So they left. Mm. It's just like, it's, you're not doing your job. Right. You know? Yeah. But um, you have to give every single person who's at your table a memorable experience. Yeah. And there are a lot of celebrities who don't bother with that there are also a lot of celebrities who get you know 150 dollars for an autograph you know it's just a, it's a strange world i yeah. don't get nearly that much because i don't <laughs> i won't get it and i don't ask yeah. for it so anyway <laughs> um it's it's uh it's so rewarding though i gotta say financially and and emotionally it it it's it's like this great miracle that happened to me at a certain point in my career and it just was like what yeah i suddenly have cult status <laughs> what is that you know yeah it's so crazy it's I, just so crazy right time it. right place i guess you know and that's that's it what's one of the universal truths that we have in that people people will not remember what you've said but they will remember how you made them feel and so when yeah. they're walking away and they feel good about the experience they had with you or perhaps another guest then that's imprinted on their brain they're not going to remember right. that they asked about the makeup they're not going to remember well some people will but they're not going to remember about yeah. some of these logistics but they are going to remember i liked paul taylor paul t taylor talking to me about pinhead he's my favorite pinhead because 
of the fact that the connection I had with him is memorable and I've moved on with my life, but I always will remember that um, from here on in. And that is what I think it is easy to forget when you're in the midst of everything and it is hard to keep hold of it. And, but yet to keep hold of it means so much to so many people. So I love that. Yeah. You speak the truth. It's absolutely it. It's about the experience. Right. And um, uh, if if people if people want me to be their favorite pinhead because of how I am in person, that's even better than thinking that I acted the role the best. You know, the original pin that Doug Bradley. The, you know, the original pinhead. He he um he's most people's favorite pinhead, and that's to be expected. You know, sure. and that's totally fine with me. Um, I'm just glad I didn't totally suck in the role because, <laughs> you know, there was yeah. a lot of pressure <laughs> to replace a guy who played Pinhead in eight movies. Yeah. Oh, my God. You yeah. know, it, it, there, there was some pressure there. Yeah. So I love that. Well, you know, you're talking about we're talking about your career. So I want to wind the clock back a bit and talk about okay. some of your earliest forays into acting. How did you first approach the the art form and what drew you to it initially to to what to act the art form yeah oh when i was a kid i was growing up in hutchinson kansas i was my dad was a dentist he put himself to dental school he had wanted to be an actor but you know he was raised during the depression we've all heard you know so he he was doing the anyway okay who cares about my dad he was doing community <laughs> theater and i went to see him play felix in the odd couple oh, yeah. and he made people laugh and he was really good and and i was like i want to try that so then i auditioned for a play i was probably eight you know i auditioned for a play i got cast in it i loved it and i never stopped and then i did theater for well my first professional acting gig in the theater i was like 18 and then I went to college and then I, after my sophomore year, I did another professional gig in the summer and then I was 20. So, I, I mean, I, I started pretty young um, doing professional theater, but I didn't do a movie until I moved back from New York City after 9-11. So that was not, I mean, it was over 20 years ago, but still, right. I got Sin City. I was in Sin City. That's right. And then it went from there, you know, and, um, uh, but never shot any movies in new york well that's not true okay i did one thing that i don't remember the name of but that i never talk about that's not on my imdb but i do have (laughs) i believe i think i have a vhs of it wow that's incredible it might be a it might be a dvd but i think it's vhs it's pretty damn funny um (laughs) i'm pretty i'm pretty awful i'm over the top oh my god my scared looks are just oh my so big because I you know I started out yeah. in children's theater that I'm yes yeah, doing musical comedy and and then I get cast in a movie yeah about a ghost you know <laughs> I don't really talk about that and then there was the extra work I did before I moved back to Texas um, in New York there was a movie that was being shot I was an extra and I remember. It was a church scene. I think it was probably a funeral. And the lead girl was coming down the aisle. And we'd already been placed where we were going to sit as extras. And he goes, and you're walking down, you're walking down. You look at this guy pointing to me. But you don't want to sit there. He's creepy. And so you just keep walking. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
Creepy. I'm wow. Creepy. All right. Thank you for typecasting me. I appreciate that. Yeah, but it kind of stuck, and I guess it's kind of true. I mean, Finn has a big creep, right. and I've played a lot of jerks. You know, I've played a lot of creeps. You know, I I remember. I'm gonna. So thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna wind this back into a story that I have with you. Okay. But I remember um, you being in Sin City specifically, I believe cause Sin City came out in 2005 and you and I did. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, or who may know, I got my undergrad degree in theater. I grew up doing theater, uh, at Casa Mignani here in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I was in the, um, the show, the Alamo, and it was the, the premiere. It was, uh, written and created and produced here in Fort Worth. Um, by a lovely group of people, including Brad Jackson, and I know a few yeah. other people. Uh, that yeah, had and it was a musical. There. Yep, it was a musical. And yeah. uh, you were Colonel Travis. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because I, I sang. Travis. Yes, because I sang to you. Uh, well, I only remember. So I'm gonna wind. I'm gonna reach deep in the recesses of my brain, and I had to sing a, a short little line that was. Colonel Travis, sir, we report now to you, we men from Gonzales who total 32. I don't know where I pulled that from. That's deep in the recesses of my brain. I can't remember any lyrics. And so. Lying in the sand. Lying in the sand. Oh, it's a line in the sand. I just remember being there and I just, you didn't say this, but somebody said, you know, Paul's a movie star. And I don't remember who said it. It might have been what? Andy. It might have been Brad. It could have been Brian. It might have been any of them. It might have been Jim. Okay. I'm like, it might have been any of them. They're like, Joe, you know, uh, you know, Paul's a movie star, right? And I'm like, what? They were missing. And they were like, you know, have you seen Sin City? I'm like, I love Sin City. They're like, you should rewatch it. And you should watch the scene, the interrogation scene. And you should wait and see who pops on screen. And sure enough, there you were on my screen. Talking to, uh, was it Mickey Rourke's character, I think? Mickey Rourke, yes. Marv. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was I was 17. I was impressed. I was overwhelmed. And I was like, this guy's got it. And then I remember the next uh. day, the next day in rehearsal, you, uh, you, <laughs> you were working on some lyrics. We were r- doing a bit of a run through. And I, I just remember... <laughs> <laughs> you you were having you were having a bit of a time remembering the lyrics and I just remember you had I'm I'm moving my headphones off for a second you took your finger stuck it right in your ear and went oh oh and I was like this guy is incredible I was starstruck I was like he's got it and everybody is just like laughing they're like Joe Joe we're just we're just rehearsing we're just rehearsing I'm like he's a movie star so in my mind Paul T Taylor big time movie star <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my God. I did that. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just trying to get it in the resonance, you right. know? Just ah, trying to connect the higher with the lower. I boy, I haven't done a musical in a long time. That's so funny. Yeah, I was, Um, as I remember, I, you know, I'm not really... Uh, I'm a what they call a lyric baritone, but I'm not higher than that. Yep. I'm not not that lyric is like range. Lyric is voice type, but right. but um, I'm not higher than bar- than a. I'm not really even high enough to be a bass. I just don't have the training. Yeah, yeah. To to connect those, uh, I never trusted it when I was younger. 
the best voice teacher I ever had was in New York. Her name was Sherry Anderson. So it was after I moved back from New York that I actually knew how to sing. I didn't, I mean, even though I did Forever Plaid for three and a half years at Casa on the Square before I ever moved away, I still would crack once in a while, sure. you know, um, and uh, much to the chagrin of other cast members at time. I was once told by another cast member, you need to learn how to sing. <laughs> Is that all? Because they were laughing because I was cracking. And I was like, you guys, I can't concentrate when you're laughing. <laughs> oh, we were so young and stupid. <laughs> so anyway, um, and he held on to that until the end of the show. And then backstage, he goes, you need to learn how to sing. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So I went to New York and I learned how to sing, damn it. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> I just remember during the Alamo that... Um, I didn't, the lyrics were hard yeah. in the song, A Line in the Sand. Yes. For me, they were. Maybe my brain was asleep. Maybe it was those early, those 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. performances. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was. But yeah, I just remember going up on the lyrics and instead of make trying to make up more words, I just went, whoa, <laughs> oh. I did a little share moment. <laughs> Singing about the line in the stone cross that line in the sound. <laughs> yeah. That was nuts. I mean, that's what Andy Baldwin always brings up. That's yes. what Brad Jackson brings yeah. up. That's, I mean, all of them remember it. Jim remembers it. Brian remembers it. Everybody remembers it. Whoa. I mean, making up lyrics. Well, it wasn't Sondheim. <laughs> <laughs> that was in incredible some of the best and my favorite part is there's like a handful of people listening right now that are getting all of these references and then there's a large <laughs> amount of people that are just like i don't what is happening right now and that truly that that's art ladies and gentlemen and non-binary individuals that is art uh for your <laughs> consumption oh my goodness um consumption <laughs> I have so, consumption. No. By the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's right. not something to talk about. No, no, it's not. it's not. Moving on from San Antonio, uh, yeah, circa Fort Worth um, of 2005, and moving uh, all the way to the the depths of hell. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about how how did Paul T. Taylor get the role of Pinhead? in was it hellraiser judgment am i getting that right yeah. yes hellraiser judgment that's the one because the as you, because, because as you pointed out there's such an iconic uh original uh villain or monster or pinhead who is in what yeah. eight eight of the movies right he did eight yeah then another guy did the ninth one nobody liked him so then they did a tenth one and it was it was surprisingly and kind of boringly normal. Yes. It was just an audition for a movie, except they were only calling it Judgment. Mm. And the description, like I got the, I got the um, audition notice from my agent. Yeah, and it was called Judgment. It was being ca it was being cast by Chris Freihofer, who is a, a casting director in Oklahoma City, where it was also being shot. Mm -hmm. Who and he, Chris has cast me in several things over the years, so he knew me. He knew me pretty well. You know, he made a habit. He used to make a habit of before the pandemic, he made a habit of coming down to 
Dallas quite often to put actors on tape. Yeah. Um, in te- in Dallas, I don't know if he still does that. He hasn't seen me in a long time, but who knows? <laughs> well, if he's listening, um, no. <laughs> yeah, but he's listening. I think it's more about putting getting yourself on tape these days or driving up to Oklahoma to audition in person. But anyway, I miss the auditioning in person thing a lot. Yeah. From from past from the past, but so um, he comes down and. I was auditioning for a different role. I was auditioning for the role of the auditor. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a middle management weirdo um, from his description. And also the description in this email described the movie. And it said something about into a spiraling maze of horror. And I was like, huh, that sounds, I don't know why that sounds kind of familiar to me, but mm-hmm. I wonder. So I opened this side, the, this, the, the one of the first sides that the that I'm going to, audition with for the auditor and his first line is oh mr watson come in we have such sights to show you and if you know anything about hellraiser you know that's a hellraiser pinhead says has said that in the first movie or second movie we have such sights to show you and i'm like this is a hellraiser movie (laughs) i know they're keeping it a secret but this is a hellraiser movie so so i knew it was a hellraiser movie But no, nowhere was on the, in the audition notice was Pinhead mentioned because they weren't looking for a Pinhead. Yeah. But I'm like, I take my, again, if you know anything about Hellraiser, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you won't. <laughs> but I had a Pinhead action figure and I also, also had a Pinhead puzzle box from my own personal collection yeah. because Pinhead was always my favorite 80s horror <laughs> icon. And I had the puzzle box, which is a screaming kit, which was like a model kit. Um, that you put together yourself. I took these both in a shopping bag to my audition for the auditor. And I said, as soon as I was in the room alone with Chris, the casting director said, I pulled them out and I said, I know this is a Hellraiser movie. And he's like, oh. (laughs) So anyway, I do my audition. And then for the slate, he says, why don't you, at the end, he says, why don't you pull out that? He said, you can use the puzzle box or the thing if, if you want to during your audition. And I said, I don't want to do that because I didn't plan that. And yeah. It'll throw me off because I didn't plan to do it. So I pull it out during my slate and I hold the puzzle box. And I'm like, I'm Paul T. Taylor. I'm blah, 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 blah. And I know this is always a movie. <laughs> so I go away thinking I did very well because it's a middle management weirdo in a horror movie. It's it's something I'd love to do. I, there aren't that many horror movies um, I mean, of this of the scale, you know, yeah, internationally known um, franchises shooting in the Oklahoma City right. area. So yeah. so um, it was a big deal because I hardly ever got to audition for horror movies before that. So then a week later or a few days later, we get another email just for me. It says we want to put Paul Taylor on tape for Pinhead. Doug Bradley's not coming back. And, uh, and yeah, that's what we want to do. And I was like, and I won't use the word that I used. It starts with an F. I know this is like a show that parents will be listening to, but I said, there's no way I'm going to get this role. And that lasted for about three minutes of me saying that to myself. And then I realized, wait a minute. This is why you're you've been in therapy. This is exactly what you've been asking the universe yeah. for. You've been trying to manifest better yeah. things for yourself, the life you want, yep. which is what it's all about. You can you can call it you can also call it God. You can call it manifesting. Sure. You can call it the universe. You can call it God. Yeah. You can call it Jesus. You can call it whatever you want, but right. it's basically sending your energy out there praying. Yeah. 
and 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 the good things happen because you're living in the way that you're supposed to live when they come to you so yeah. that you can accept them. Yes. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm going to make this the best audition I've ever done in my life, which is exactly what I did. And I got the part. And it's this is a funny this is a this is a funny story. I mean, this yeah. is a cool story. I was doing a play at the time and it was called. Um, oh, what was it called? Mm, I think it starts with an M. Martyr. It's okay. called Martyr. And uh, it was about this kid who had discovered the Bible and Jesus. And he was basically, um, he was evangelical. Mm -hmm. He was like, that's what, that's the direction he was in, yeah. was evangelical. It was like, you're going to hell and you're going to hell and you're going to hell and you get a car and you get a right. car. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was judging his mother and he was judging everyone and he was telling everyone they were wrong anyway I'm playing a priest in this thing a horrible a horrible priest you know a guy who's a minister and he's trying to he's trying to do the right thing but at the same time he ends up sleeping with this kid's mom and mm. anyway while we the, the the director was kind of a kind of a sadist and when we weren't on stage during our scenes, we were on pews facing away from the action, but in the view of the audience. And I had already decided that I was going to use my dad's Bible as my prop. Mm -hmm. That he um, and I, I printed out Pinhead's lines, well, uh, just big enough so I could see him, but small enough so no one would be able to. I, I put him in that 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 Bible, and I was like, I'm going to study these lines while I'm not working, so that I can be so <laughs> off book that I nail this audition. Because I have to nail this audition. Yeah, nail. So I did. I nailed the audition. Then I had new headshots done so that I could look in. Wait, wait. No, I had new headshots done before the audition. Even I had the cast vote on which ones I should use to. To and I already had the headshots, but I had to choose really intense, you know, sure. dark ones. So yeah. anyway, uh, so I I'm playing a priest. I'm learning the lines for Pinhead is also in some people's lexicon called the hell priest. And then I get the part. Then I go out to um, LA to get my head cast done so they can do the makeup. Right. Um, they can build the appliances that they're going to glue to me on the set. And I stay with a friend of mine out there in LA. So I have my day when they pour the goo over my head and then make a head cast. Then I'm done there. So I'm going to spend a couple days with my friend and he, I say, please drive me to a comic book store. I want to find a Hellraiser graphic novel. So he drives me to a comic book store and, um, and I find the one graphic novel that this comic book store had. And I, 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 um, I open the first page and the first page is a priest giving last rites to a prisoner on death row. Wow. And then there's some dialogue. And then I, I turn the page and help and pinhead suddenly appears and he says some stuff and then instead of destroying the 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 uh the prisoner he destroys the priest wow. and i was like this is just so crazy yeah i was playing a priest i got the role of a priest then i get a graphic novel where the pre the one priest killing the other priest i'm like priest 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 <laughs> it was just like i mean wow. you know if you look for the signs yeah then they're there yep and you can call it coincidence but I just think that's the coolest story. That is. And I could not talk about the movie. I couldn't talk about Hellraiser, about Pinhead. I couldn't talk about any of it. It was a big secret. But my friend had a party for me with some friends I knew from Texas and some of his friends in L.A. who now lived in L.A. 
And I remember later that day after, after before lunch, before we went to the get the after lunch, it doesn't matter when <laughs> we were on the beach, we were having lunch on the beach and I took my shoe and I wrote in the in the sand, I smoothed it out. Then I wrote pretty big in the sand. I wrote pinhead. But in the sand with my shoe, right? So that you'd have to look really carefully to see it. And I held my camera up as high as I could, and I took a picture of it, and I posted it on Facebook. <laughs> and that's the only thing I did because it was like, oh, I can do this, right? No one's even gonna know what the hell it is. <laughs> no one got it, but anyway. But that's it was still it, exciting. It was an amazing time. That was a much longer answer than you than the question you asked for. No, but it's but really cool. Yeah, it. I didn't have a callback. I. I, I um I was the director's first choice. See the, the Doug Doug passed on the project. That's why I was I played Pinhead, but yeah. I was the director's first choice. Then I was all these other associates, you know, at the at Dimension Films, mm -hmm. which is no more because it was um Bob Weinstein. We know what so, happened with yeah, the Weinsteins. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so we just had to wait for Bob to finally approve it. And then one Sunday morning i get a text from the casting director saying are you up and i said yeah he said welcome to the movie pinhead it was That's it was so pretty cool. amazing that i didn't have a callback i had one audition for pinhead and then i got and i got the part i think it helped that the director knew that i would look a bit like look a lot like duck bradley in sure. the makeup sure which i do and at the time because the movie before that was called revelations where the character, the actor who played Pinhead, did not fare as well with the fans, mm -hmm. um, and did not look like Doug Bradley. Um, I think that they were trying; to, they wanted to disguise the fact so that people wouldn't be asking questions. But then the first day, I I drive to Oklahoma City. I'm sort of going to shoot the next day, but that night I'm in the I'm in the hotel, and I suddenly get I, I don't know some sort of news. Heather Langenkamp, who has this very small cameo in Hellraiser Judgment, let it leak in an interview that she was going to be in the next Hellraiser movie. Wow. So suddenly, <laughs> all of the online troll, you know, hell, huge Hellraiser fans are like, they're doing another Hellraiser. The last one sucked. It's going to suck. Who's playing Pinhead? Is it Doug Bradley? Whoever does it, if it's not Doug Bradley, it's going to suck. All this stuff. And I haven't even filmed my first, oh, I haven't man. spoken a word of dialogue yet. I'm like, well, there's some pressure, right? <laughs> but I had to let it go, yeah. you know? I had to just do my job as an actor. Right. But it was crazy. It was a crazy time. I mean, that is crazy. that is crazy, especially taking over a franchise with such an iconic um, actor in the role and then being the yeah. second one <clears throat> to to take over in that instance and, and still trying to find your own um, place in, in the yeah. franchise. How did you... So, yeah. so getting into... Um, getting into the role, how did you approach it to say, I want to honor what came before and I yeah. want it to be wholly unique in, in my image as well. How did you balance those two? Well, you know, I, I think, I think it's unfortunate that I had to honor that, that not only did I have to honor what came before me um, for the fans, I also had to help, or at least at the time I thought, help the franchise in sustaining this kind of the same character that Doug Bradley established. Gotcha. And I didn't have the freedom that I would have had, had it been a, like, we have a brand new pinhead. It's a fresh look. It's a fresh, like they're doing now with Hulu, right. with the series on Hulu. 
with a, uh, a trans woman playing the role and it's completely different. And uh, so, I, so, I, but you asked how I approached it. First, I, I went through all the Hellraiser films because I didn't even know there were nine before I got the part. I thought there were four. So I watch all of them and I'm like, they start to just blur together. I'm just basically trying to get the flavor of what Doug Bradley did. Yeah. Um, so I can honor that. And then at one point, Gary Tunnicliffe, who wrote and directed the movie, and by the way, played the auditor, the role <laughs> I auditioned for. Funny. Um, he uh, He said, I think it's time for you to stop thinking about that and just um, take the script as written and well, that was my idea. It's like, this is a different pinhead at a different time. This was like a different, jaded, bored, worried, sort of, you know, we're not getting the souls like it's not as easy as it used to be coming up with this new, these new ideas. Um, it's just a pinhead from a different time. And I had a different, yeah. uh, I had a different costume design. I, have, I had age spots, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a different, it was a different pinhead and yet the same pinhead. Um, so, so Gary at one point just said, you need to just start watching um, other classic screen villains um, for stillness, for how threatening these these characters are simply because they're so still. Because mm. he knew I was a theater, he knew I was a theater actor, right. he knew I'd done a lot of musical comedy and, you know, I'm a funny guy in real life and, um, and I had to be very, you know, grounded in this and so i watched then i started watching things more like um ray fines and schindler's list okay. or yep. or hannibal lecter or yep. all that and and you know that was fun i think that there's only so much you can do um taking in things externally from what other actors have done you have to there has to be a point where you just go okay that's enough yeah here's the script <clears throat> here's the words here's who i am so let's just work on that right so i went okay darkness pain uh suffering all of that that's what pinhead is all about and pleasure but also mostly i mean the first hellraiser when i i always thought that pinhead was kind of sad mm. except maybe in the third and fourth one he wasn't sad at all because he was off the chain but but there was a real sadness to the character and i loved that because he was it was his job i don't know it's weird it's it, yeah. I'm talking about pinhead it's just <laughs> changed so much over the years yeah but um it was just basically me uh using my own i wanted to be in a place where i had no fear and i was living in a really pretty bad neighborhood in south dallas and it was a neighborhood where i would never go out walking alone at night after dark right. and yet there i was out alone walking alone at night i was smoking cigarettes and i was wearing cow combat boots and i was all dressed in black and i was like nobody can mess with me i'm pinhead and it was like i don't know if it was actual research for a role or if it was just me you know playing with my own head sure who knows when it comes to acting it's like what is method what is acting right. are they even what's insanity yeah you know, I do. Anyway. No, I think that's I think that's really helpful because it is, you are right in that at some point you do have to say, look, I, I'm just going to approach the role. I'm going to look at the words and I'm going to I'm going to understand what it means for me and what it means for the character that I'm embodying and, and all the things. Yeah, so, um, that's how you then then the words. Right. They come out right. Yeah, they just come out right. 
So we talked about at the beginning how you, uh, Pinhead, helped to elevate you into a bit of a cult status uh, with, yeah. with quite a bit of folks. And so you've gotten the ability to talk to so many fans about the role and about the work. Um, shifting gears, because that did release in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. So sin- in the time since, obviously, we've been impacted by a pandemic. Um, but what are some current or recent projects that you were excited about uh, having recently put out into the world? Um, I'm super excited about a movie called Neon Cactus. Uh, it's it's the largest role I've ever played. Um, what was really exciting to me after doing many movies where I'm either killed or maimed, um, making me feel a little bit unimportant. Uh, <laughs> some of them it is important that I die, but some of them it's just like, oh, look, a bank manager. Let's shoot him in the head, you know. <laughs> but this was this is a thing where, but pay him well. Right. Okay, it's a sag feature. It's fine. Um, Bella Thorne's in it. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, um, so this is a movie where I'm on the first page and I'm still around at the end. Okay. And it's a great, I play a character named Stanley Cooper and he's sort of a, a misfit. He's in Texas, but he doesn't really belong there. He's from Connecticut. He wears big glasses that I distorting that made my eyes just huge, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, I wear glasses a lot in movies and sometimes they, they take away. You can't see my eyes so well, but um, so it's kind of, it's it's a crime drama kind of a weird uh um fish out of water kind of guy and he he owns a key shop and he's married to a woman who doesn't really love him and she's plotting to kill him and then he finds out and blah 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 blah, blah. and then he's like well why don't they go to the same crime boss and say hey Will you kill my wife? Oh, never mind. I changed. No, I won't kill your wife. What makes you think I do such a thing? <laughs> oh, no. oh, I won't tell you the plot. But anyway, <laughs> there's there's money involved. There's guns involved. So in essence, Stanley has to sort of gangster up. There comes a point when he just kind of gets tough and starts to really, you know, he, he the gangster comes out. And it was so much fun to play that. Because he starts out one way and he changes and he changes and he evolves and then at the end he's completely different, and uh, or or is he? That's the thing we don't really know him at the beginning, right? So maybe that was always always in him. We don't know what his past was really. So I'm really excited about Neon Cactus. We shot that in Oklahoma City. Um, I, no, well, close by, close by, close to Oklahoma right. City. I don't remember the name of the little town. Um, I'm also excited about Butcher's Bluff, which just is, its it hasn't actually premiered, but it's had one screening and it's going to have another one in November. I'm going to go down to Austin for that. Uh, and um, it's a classic 80s slasher film. Okay. And I play a Texas sheriff and they've set it up so that um, there will be a sequel, hopefully, if it goes well. It was crowdfunded, so who knows? You know, the crowdfunded movies, I think it's really cool that people do that, but it's, man, what a... And it's actually quite... It's quite an art form these days. You know, crowdfunding. It's So many movies are crowdfunded. Um, some front upon them, and some think it's the best thing that ever happened to movies, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I think it's great. I mean, anybody can make a movie if they want to badly enough. Yeah. Um, so... I'm excited about that. I'm also excited. I just got the news that a sci-fi thing I did, a sci-fi movie I did several months ago called Andromeda. Um, it's going to be on, oh, what's the name of that? Where's, I'm on my phone. I can't look it up. Yes, I can. Um, 
it's there's going to be a sequel and i let's see is it in emails there's going to be a sequel and i will be in that so that's going to be that's very exciting. exciting yeah it is going to it's it's been picked up as a xumo xumo okay yeah original film and is out now exclusively on the xumo app is that how you say that xumo 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 and there may be a, there if there's a dvd it'll probably be like february perfect um walmart and amazon so i'm excited about that because there's gonna be a sequel yes and um i'm definitely gonna be in that and if there's a sequel to butcher's bluff we we went back and shot a new scene and uh and just so if there was a sequel i would be in that as well and um so that's cool there's you know there's a lot of stuff i shot during the pandemic that is still not out and i don't know what's happened to it um some some major films that i shot in oklahoma that i'm still they're still in in post-production and if you go on my imdb you can see it's quite a list it's pretty crazy um there's another there are two more recently that i've done um and there's some things that i've talked to people about doing that i haven't done yet but i can't really talk about them yet because sure who knows if it's really gonna happen so i did a faith-based film which i'm very proud of um i don't play anyone who has any faith in this movie um <laughs> i play sort of a jerk uh <laughs> But it and it is called the Art of Acknowledgement, which is such a beautiful title. Yeah. But it's um I don't know if it's, I think it's a short film. But um and it, you don't know it's faith based. You only know at the end that oh that is this character's answer. You know that's what's gonna save his life basically. Yeah. Um. But it's a it's a beautiful story. They cast a guy in the lead, um, who has uh who has the, his, his face is not normal. Let's just say it's, it's, it, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go into detail about it. I think it's, he's a beautiful, he's beautiful inside and out. He's just not traditionally beautiful. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And, um, and in this movie, he is ignored and taken advantage of by other characters uh, who are like perfect or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, that's it, really I'm really proud of it I hope it goes somewhere it's being edited and finished now and then there's one more uh another horror movie that I did uh because I met it's a fan film and it's a Friday the 13th film so I'm being I'm in a movie with Jason Voorhees uh it's a sequel to a fan film that already existed called Vengeance Bloodlines this one's called Vengeance 2 bloodlines anyway it's it's out there yeah. i think it's on amazon um so yeah there's a lot going on if people want to go to my imdb paul t taylor they can they can look up all that stuff but i'm um i'm excited about all that stuff that you know? is incredible and we'll put the links in the show notes as well um, okay. Paul, this has been, you are a man of many talents and many experiences. And it's wonderful. I would say, uh, before we start to wrap up, um, is there one maybe piece of advice that you would like to give someone who's maybe an aspiring actor, they want to get started, maybe they're not sure what piece of advice would you like to give them? Absolutely. I, I love that question. Um, and I'll try not to get too long winded. I, you know, I, um, 
first of all, I've heard this my whole life and now I say it. If there's anything else you can think of that you could do with your life that would make you happy, do it. You are asking for a life of rejection when you decide that you're going to pursue acting as a career. You are going to be rejected big time for your entire life. You won't know why. You won't get a call from the casting director or the director saying, the reason I didn't cast you is, and you can't ask. Mm -hmm. So you don't get feedback. So this, it's, you know, it's my experience and it's what my therapist brought up to me a long time ago. And it's like, Paul, this is, you need to accept the fact you chose a life of rejection. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's hard. It is a hard profession. However, if you want it more than anything else in the world, then th this is my thing. This is my little list. This is what you, this is classically what would be a perfect uh, world for you. You are young, good looking, talented, rich, and you have parents who want it as much as you do. Yeah. Okay. So if you're four of those things you're still so 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 lucky if you're three of those things you're still doing pretty great if you're two of those things well get working get work really <laughs> really hard work really really hard of course money can make up for a lot of sure. all the other things um if you're only talented great go for it do it because talent wins so many times because that's what people really recognize. If you're only good looking, great, whatever, do those roles. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it, it's, okay, that's my list. Also, if you can, go to college, finish college, get a degree. You wanna have something else you can do. You need to have something else to do. Now, I used to re resent when people would say something to fall back on. Or when they'd say, you need to get a teaching degree. You need it just in case you need it. And I'd say, how dare you? I won't need it. I'm going to be an actor. Right. I, there's no way. Um, well, they had a valid point. And now that I'm older and I am I did luck out, I'm pretty damn lucky with my life. Lucky for so many things. Some people are not as lucky as I am. Yeah. And so getting a degree, I think, is if if you can get a college degree, then do it because it helps. It helps yeah. for your future. It, you know, I, I, um, I think I would have made a hell of a, a theater professor, and but I didn't finish college. It was a college dropout, and it's crazy because in high school I was a, I was National Honors Honor Society. Yeah. I had good grades. Everyone loved me. I did all the things. I did the band and then singing in the theater, and I, you know, everything. I was like in quotation marks i was perfect yeah. and then in college i discovered drug sex and rock and roll mm. and uh i know family show but that's what happened <laughs> yeah. and i just lost my mind and and i never went back and and i do um i don't believe in in regrets right and i don't believe in wishing things from the past that you can't make come true but i think i've said enough about that getting a degree is not the most important thing but it certainly is going to help a person yeah unless of course they're 
16 and already a movie star. In well, which case, well, that's okay. a little that's a little bit different, right? Um, I'll just yes and what you said. So I got my undergrad degree in theater and um, intended to be in theater forever. Not necessarily always in acting, maybe directing, eventually producing. I also really loved writing. I got a, a job at a private school teaching theater right out of college. It was actually very fortuitous and it was helpful while I was auditioning and doing some other things. <clears throat> and right. then the school I was teaching at decided to downsize their creative arts program at the end of the year. Needed more money for uh, the football field, I suppose. And Gay sports. Yes. And uh, I was out of a job and didn't have anywhere to go. And the only way that I got a job at the company that I actually now have been working at for 11 years was because I had my degree. They didn't care what my experience was like to mostly. They were like, do you have a bachelor's degree? Great. We don't care what it's in. We'll take yeah. you in a job and we'll teach you what we want you to know. And then I was it able says to 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 kind of chart my own career so yeah it's helpful to have yeah. it as an as an option as an op an option when you need it for sure yeah and it says a lot about a person they look at the resume they see you have an, a degree and they're like okay that's that there's follow-through right you right. know there's a guy who went to class yep you know yep definitely um, well, this has been fantastic. We're going to move on to the final segment of the show. It's a segment I like to call Things to Check Out. So it's a, a place where I provide a recommendation of something to read, watch, or listen to for the audience. And I ask my guests to do the same. So I'll go ahead and go first. Um, something I, I'm going to give a couple of recommendations since we've been talking quite a bit about Pinhead. Halloween was just, just the other day. Um, so my recommendations are going to be more spooky related. So I would say... From a book perspective, uh, something to read, uh, it's a YA horror book called It Looks Like Us. Um, so the author, Allison Ames, has been on the podcast. Her book is phenomenal. It is about a group of high school students who go on a research project in Antarctica, but they are not alone. There is something out there in the frozen tundra. So that's that's all you get. You got to go read it. It's fantastic. Um, and then listening to... Um, for those who have Spotify and those who love a good audio drama, uh, Spotify original did a Batman one called Batman Unburied, and it stars Winston Duke, I think is the guy's name, as Batman. And um, Batman is dealing with uh, this villain called the, the, ooh, the Harvester. It's a guy who kills his victims and collects their organs. He harvests them. And Batman has never encountered someone in this way before. But yet, wow. something's not quite right. Where did Batman go? He's disappeared. So that's that's all you get. Um, but yeah, so that's... Uh, and then watching... Um, it's not so much spooky, but I just finished House of the Dragon on HBO. Uh, so if you like the Game of Thrones universe, uh, I enjoyed House of the Dragon. So, Paul, what, are you, what recommendations do you have for folks uh, beyond... Your works, if they haven't already paused and gone to watch everything on your IMDb and then come back to the episode, we're assuming they've <laughs> done that. Um, what are some other recommendations you have for people to watch, read, or listen to? Um, wow. I Okay. I really – this is this is hard for me to answer. I'm just going to like sort of uh, go, okay, on Spotify, uh, someone I really love listening to is Yoav. Um, a lot of people have not heard of him. It's spelled y-o-a-v this is a guy like this first album was char charmed and strange or strange and charmed i'm not sure which but he's an acoustic guitar player but he also plays with his feet and he'll like Ooh. set a rhythm with a with a percussive instrument or he'll like tap out a rhythm with his guitar and record it and then he'll get it on a loop and he just 
ads and ads and ads and ads and everything you hear is just him. Wow. It's really cool. And then he writes this spooky, he's kind of spooky and groovy. And I just, I love his stuff. Um, that's kind of my jam as far as Spotify goes. Um, and then uh, the, that first album I mentioned is my favorite, but he's done some other albums as well that are, that are equally as good, but more, they're more studio. Um, I love him. The, the books, I mean, what I would, okay, this, this is kind of sound maybe kind of corny, but I'm reading the Bible for the first time in my life. Oh, so interesting. that's, um, I kind of recommend it. You know, I am of a certain age and I just decided, you know what, all this, you know, I'm a bit of, um, I'm a bit of a liberal thinking sort of hippie type. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm also thinking, uh, well, you know, so was Jesus to a certain extent, yep. as far as I'm concerned, love yep. everybody. It's kind of a hippie kind of way to think. Mm -hmm. But um, at the same time, the Bible used the wrong way has condemned yep. so many people to a life of pain and torture and death and all that. So I'm like, let's just read the Bible. Let's just read it. I'm reading it. I'm reading it with a study, with a study guide and i'm like okay so i mean that's a weird answer i know no. but yeah. i'm like hey have you read the bible I, I i'm not a bible thumper i'm not a hardcore christian i'm not hardcore anything yeah. i'm just like um i'm gonna read this yeah. see what i get out of it yeah. so that's that's to me that's kind of really interesting um let's see the bible the <laughs> yoab and as far as um, watching, I don't know, this is very recent. I mean, I loved Dahmer. A lot of people are not going to be into that at all. Yeah, I think Dahmer is the best thing that um, Ryan Murphy has ever done. Wow. Uh, better than Murder House on M Murder House on uh, Horror Story. Um, it's just it's so well acted and such a good story. I think Dahmer is brilliant. And also I have been, I watched season one of uh, the white Lotus and it is so good. The story is so good and um, compelling. And uh, I loved it as well. These are pretty adult um, themed sure. shows I'm talking about, Yeah, but that's what I would say. Those two white Lotus and Dahmer have been my most recent favorites. Perfect. Well, that is excellent. Now, Paul, if people want to follow you on social media and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Instagram is going to be the best way. Uh, uh, the real Paul T. Taylor, because, you know, everybody <laughs> wants to be Paul T. Taylor. So I had to put a reel in there. Of course. No one's ever tried to impersonate me. It really pisses me off. But um, so the real Paul T. Taylor on Instagram, I also have a regular, you know, I have a fan page. I mean, a Facebook fan page, Paul T. Taylor. I have a regular Facebook page too, Paul Taylor, but I try to direct people to just go to the whatever. People are going to do what they want, you know? <laughs> and I'm on Twitter, but it doesn't even matter because I, I hardly ever post anything. I have a website, paultaylor.com. And uh, yeah, and I'd love it if people would check me out on IMDb. I yes. love it when um, when my star meter goes up. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> 
Paul, this has been a fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to having you back on the show again in the future, if you'll indulge me, because we can we can get into so many more topics, talking about art, talking about approach to acting, so many good things. I loved it. Absolutely. I loved it too, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This was a hoot. Of course. And because because we're both here in the Dallas area, we're going to have to do this in person sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, listeners, you've been detoxing with detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast, or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.